back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed, and I'm here today with Emily. Hello. With Nick. Hi, yeah. And with Paul. Hi. So yeah, before we get into our um, the main bit of the podcast today, I just wanted to give a, a little shout to our um, Facebook group, the, the listening group. We've been really encouraged recently just from a few comments that have been put in there about how people have found the podcast and uh, and their experience of it. So please do join that comment. Um, if you want something to challenge something that we said, please feel free to do that. If you want to support us and, and just say you found something particularly interesting, do let us know because it's really good to, for us to hear what you guys have to say about listening to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to find that, just go onto Facebook and search SSOM Listener Group and that should pop right up. So um, today we... We're going to be talking about a subject that we've tried to talk about a number of times, and it's uh, we've had on our kind of to-do list to talk about church in quite a broad way in a number of times, and every time we've gone to do that, we've taken quite a different approach. So in episode seven, we spoke about how churches have had to make the drastic move to meeting online, and then in episode 18, we reflected on what that experience had been after a few months. So today, we thought as, a, as churches are now beginning to plan their return uh, to their buildings, to in-person services, we thought we'd take the opportunity to talk through what we kind of hope to see in that um, uh, and what some of the things that we, we really value about in, in-person church and what are some of the things that perhaps we'd like to see changed. So our icebreaker question today is, what have been your favourite parts of doing church online? I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in first there and say um accidental angry faces that people put on the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think there's been some hilarious kind of accidental comments, typos, um people commenting in caps lock so it looks as if they're shouting everything, people commenting that they can't hear anything when really it's just because they're they haven't got the sound on. Um and I've just loved that because I live for that kind of drama. But um, on a more serious note, the comment section for me has been one of the most uplifting aspects, I think, because people are um, putting prayer requests, encouragements, um, praise, um, lyrics that they've, they've seen on the screen that have particularly spoken to them. Um, they've put them in the comment section. You don't get that when you're in person. Um, unless you're, you're at one of the more charismatic churches where people do you know verbally affirm what's going on so I, I've really loved that and uh, Matthew's auntie in particular is always accidentally doing the angry faces and so um, that's caused a lot of laughter for us. <laughs> yeah I, I guess I hadn't really thought too much about how you know we often measure success of online stuff by engagement and it's, it's just interesting because that's not really how we measure success of in-person services because like certainly in the Savage Army, we don't get loads of people shouting out during the sermon or like sharing like shouting out their favorite bits and and yet that is our primary measure of success with online stuff and that's just a really interesting kind of difference I guess I think yeah people seem to be more um I don't know if it's like the comfort of sitting within your own house or you know you just you know there's not any we're not dressed up or anything you can be sat you know in your pajamas or you could be in bed watching the service or whatever so I don't know if these people just feel more relaxed to get involved or whether it's just it takes the awkwardness out by not having to go up to someone and say I really enjoyed that and not knowing how they might react to it just being able to type it in and say you know this is great or whatever 
it has in, increased that yeah that um, interaction. But I, I think that's really that's really helpful. That's one thing that's that's I can see as a, a huge benefit of of online churches that yeah maybe would say things or would feel more comfortable saying things that we wouldn't in person. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things for me that I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed also as well as the like accidental um, angry faces, also the like the passive aggressive. My computer's not working. Can someone fix this? Um, which is hilarious that people think that that can be done by the person hosting the stream um and and then also yeah like like you said nick just like being able to sort of engage with the with with the live stream while sat on the sofa eating breakfast um mm. while being relaxed um especially when i'm quite used to sort of being really involved on a sunday morning and spending more time thinking about what's next than what's happening because I'm trying to plan where I need to move to, or um, do I need to get the music right for this, or, or have I got the lyrics on the on the stand for singing or whatever? It's been nice to actually just take in a full a full meeting weekly without having to think about what's sort of what's next and what's what's coming up. Yeah, I think mine would be just some of the freedom and creativity that I've seen, where there's been no set expectation in a way and people have been willing to kind of just try something new just on a on a sunday just drop every their their kind of traditional service plan and drop things that would be you know week in week out in person and just say we're going to try this and see if it works that kind of exper experimentation and creativity I, I love and i think it's really cool and yeah I, I kind of i'd love to see that that similar sort of willingness translated back into normal church so my question for you all today is in a digital world do we need an in-person church in inverted commas Ooh. yes Next question. <laughs> don't ask close questions i should know better <laughs> yeah and um, why <laughs> uh yeah i just think um we lack a bit of the sort of social aspect on even on like we've done a few zoom calls um well i've done lots of zoom calls we've all done lots of zoom calls everyone's done <laughs> hundreds of zoom calls um and i think there's a especially in things that sort of happened before that we're now making work online you can really tell that there's a sort of social aspect where people aren't quite as comfortable chatting and making jokes because I don't know. I don't know what the because is actually. I don't know whether it's because people are all on view all the time or if it just doesn't quite feel as natural. But I think there's sort of a, an extra awkwardness. And as British people, we're already too awkward. I don't think we need any more barriers from, from being socially comfortable all the time. I think I, I would answer that say, yes, I do think we need church in person. But yes, I also do think we need church online. And I, I think church needs to be where people are and some people their primary way of communicating and interacting with the world is through their laptop that's where they feel comfortable or maybe that's all they can do maybe they can't leave their house maybe there's a whole whole host of reasons why someone would want to interact with the world primarily through technology and i i just think church needs to be there and you know we need to have a way for them to experience christian community through digital world, we have to have a way of them, um, you know, being discipled and discipling others um, through technology. But in addition to that, we, we need that for in-person because 
I know <laughs> doing on stuff online is not for everyone. It's not for uh, people can't can't all just get in, engaged with that because it, some people really need that physical presence. You know, I think I do. Uh, reflecting on it, um, I think you know that there are some elements of church that I would I would really miss if we could never meet in person. Um, but yeah, that's not to to devalue online church. That's not to say that actually online church isn't viable or isn't. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for or isn't what like doesn't have worth because it absolutely does. And I think it's important as much as as uh, getting the in person stuff right as is important. I agree, really. I think that. Um there's something really strengthening about just being in the same presence as other, as other believers. And I think ultimately that is what the early church is just to gather together, to be strengthened, to, to, to pray, to worship and to share, and then to go out, to go out again. And I think that um, to see, I mean, I think, yeah, just to see, to see those people, certainly for me personally, to see those people that I've journeyed with, actually even through lockdown that I've still journeyed with digitally just to see them <laughs> present and to be with them um is something that I'm I'm really looking forward to um yeah I've got like a large follow-up question so <laughs> sorry about that it tends to happen but how, I guess this is a really broad question but how do you how can you see both both existing together. I know you said, Ed, that there's a definite place for both and you don't want to devalue one for the sake of the other and they both have an equal place. But can both exist together? And if so, do you, is, is one for one group and one for another? Is one for everyone? How does that... That's a, This is the challenge of the church right now, isn't it? That now things are starting to open up. We've got these decisions to make as to, well, we've done this for so long. And it's worked sometimes sometimes out of necessity but sometimes it's worked because it's been a good thing and then on the other hand we've got what we've what we're used to what we've done before that social interaction mm. all those kind of things so how do how does that exist together i think yeah it's, it's really, a really good question i i think my my opinion on it is that i think churches have two approaches to social media and the digital world some churches use it as a tool they use it as a mouthpiece to expand what they're doing locally. So their their online world is a reflection of the local. It's uh, is just their local broadcast into new places, and that's really valuable. That is that is a good thing because it means that people that want to experience, say, uh, Morley, um, could go and find out what Morley is doing, um, or or Castleford or any other church. I'm not picking on any single one here, but. Um, they, they can go and experience what, what happens there and experience what church is like in Morley through the internet. That's great. I think there is another form, uh, another way that you can view the online world, which is to view it as a space, to view it as a place in which church needs to exist in its own right. And that one I think is tricky because to do that, I, I don't believe that that, that that church can have a geographical route or a geographical location um it, I think for churches need to be planted in digital soil it, to use a, a kind of really over the top phrase in some sense. They, a church, I, I believe we need to start seeing, and we are, churches planted in the digital world that are 
just a community of people, a community of Christians that will do discipleship, will worship together, will engage in mission and encourage each other primarily through the digital world. And they can use kind of any tools they want. But actually, as long as we we see, as long as a church is rooted in its physical location, that will influence everything. Of course, it's got to. It, it absolutely has to. And I think that's what I'd like to see in the digital world is its location being the internet informing its its structure informing what it looks like to to worship then informing what it is as a community and therefore allowing it to be you know more organic and more naturally embedded into its its you know neighborhood which is you know wherever it chooses to be with facebook or twitter or yeah sounds like the renaissance of the church that it sounds like the way it's like it as you said, when we did the social media um, episode, which was early on, was in like maybe like four or five, something like that. Yeah. Um, we talked about just how different generations interact. And I, I'd like to think I'm not too far away from, from you guys who are all a little bit younger, but but the way that we interact, particularly when I think it was Jacob was saying that, you know, he, he finds he found things so much easier online than he would in person, whereas I think me being a little bit older and, and growing up before phones and, and uh, Twitter and all that kind of stuff, um, in person for me is is a lot easier than online. So I guess what you're saying is absolutely true for the, for a whole generation of people that perhaps feel a little bit disenfranchised by physical church, in inverted commas, because they're used to that online interaction. They talk to their friend, particularly during lockdown. I mean, we've had a year of nothing but talking through devices aren't we mostly i mean apart from the odd you know groups of six when it's been available on mm. doorstop waves and things like that so there's a whole new again people have gone from 15 to 16 or 16 to 17 17 to 18 during that time a big part of their social interaction has been through a device so it makes sense what you're saying it for that those churches to belong to the spaces that they're in and that's has been, you know, as you said, either Facebook, Twitter, wherever it, wherever the the medium's going to be. I, I think that's that's probably a lot of the future of the church. And and as we move into like into a more and more digital age, I do think there's a space for both. But it's just like those interactions and things that, as you said, the little things are missing. I'm really sat on like to answer the original question myself. I really struggle to at times to engage with online church um i find is find it's too convenient not to and i've really enjoyed having a weekend that i've never had in my life if i'm honest i've never had both a saturday and a sunday free ever since i was well ever since i can remember so that's happened 30 years later it's been so it's, that, that's the difficulty for me that, that motivation of well that's that's I've struggled to engage in that, but then something to go back to that I was already struggling to engage in as well. Um, so I, I guess that raises further questions because if you've experienced the freedom of not being tied into you know regularity and stuff, has that negatively inf- impacted your faith? Then, I'd say, yeah, I'd say not. I'd say well, if anything, I've grew up, probably grown more without. Yeah. Well, then that makes us question. You know, how much were we just duty bound to structures of church? And actually, if freedom is is uh, and free like freedom in you know ex- doing church in different ways and not being tied into a, at this time every week I'm in this place doing this thing, perhaps actually there are more organic ways to you know do our live out a Christian lifestyle and be challenged in discipleship as well. So I guess that's moving away from your question, but um, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? 
No, definitely. One, say I would, uh, one thing I would say that I really do miss is that corporate worship. I think there's nothing that can really replace that of being together with other believers, particularly like musical worship. But I, I find that really helpful for me. And that's something that, that there is a big void because, and particularly like growing up in Salvation now and playing a brass instrument like that, that for me has been worship. And that's something that I've not had for you know, maybe a couple of years now. So it's, that's been the difficulty for me. So I find myself in some kind of hybrid world where there's little bits of like, I mean, there's not such thing as a perfect church, is they always say that, but being able to pick little bits out, but but it doesn't seem to fit together. <laughs> you see what I mean? So that was my question about, did it, can they work to, alongside each other? Because I'm, I guess the question came out of myself struggling to piece together how that might work. I think, I think that the question and all these questions are ones that lots of local leadership are just going to be, have to be grappling with in a massive way. And, you know, it's really helped to have this conversation because in the back of my mind, I've been thinking, you know, we've got leadership meetings coming up. I want to make sure that we're actually tackling the right questions. Um, because I think sort of Ed's touched on something I've written down there, what you've said about, you know, some, some local churches just using it to broadcast and, I know there's been some suggestion in some places, well, maybe we could make it work that actually we still meet together, but we also broadcast what, what we're meeting. And for me, I have a bit of a problem with, um, I've heard it said, you know, I don't want to broadcast anything online that isn't, isn't true to what they'd get if they came on a Sunday. So I want to broadcast exactly what we would be doing on a Sunday so they can see it for themselves and then think, is that something I want to be a part of? Whereas I hold the view that, what we're broadcasting should be missional and should be actually um, there for people to engage with um, in a way that, in the same way that you engage with Instagram, that if you see a snippet of something, you're going to be interested in, actually, you might think, um, oh, you might linger a little bit longer because something's really struck a chord with you. And there's two different approaches there, isn't there? It's very much like, are we tailoring what we broadcast to people that don't already know Jesus? Or in my view, I've seen a lot of the of the Salvation Army do, is are we just broadcasting stuff for other Salvationists in different locations? And um, that's where that's where I, I sort of get a bit frustrated or certainly where I found in the first instance, it was great. And like Ed said, we had all this creativity, but as time's gone on, really, I think what we're doing is just producing high quality content, but for other Salvationists to engage with instead of meeting people outside our tradition tradition on a digital platform, which is really what I would love to see. Um, but, you know, I mean, a lot of what you're saying, Ed, about the internet as a space and everything is just ahead of the curve thinking. And I think... <laughs> We've got to, yeah, ha you need you need a, a great big megaphone and to be getting people to listen to that message because I think we're even a lot further behind even thinking that way. Um, yeah. I think it is really interesting that we are, like, like you say, I agree, it is definitely ahead of the curve. Um, but I think it's maybe a little bit concerning that, um, that we think it's ahead of the curve as well, given that we're meeting on Zoom to record a podcast. Um, and I, I wonder, because I don't think it's that ahead of the curve of the rest of society. Business, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, how people have been telecommuting for a long time and people exist online to each other across the world in a lot of different platforms. Um, it's a little bit concerning that it's taken 
a global pandemic for us to kind of work that out. Um, have you got any examples, Ed? If you don't, then feel feel free to edit this question away in the uh, um, in the, the the podcast edit. But have you got any examples of how sort of the digital space is being used in that sense, in a sort of almost church like but purely online? Yeah. So there there are some really interesting examples. I think the one that always springs to mind for me is uh, there are churches that have been planted in Minecraft and World of Warcraft. Um, all the crafts. There, there are churches that meet solely. Um, there's a bunch of Christians who played a game together, and that was their rest. When they rested, they were playing this game, and that, and they made friends there, and they shared their faith there. And actually, they thought, actually, these are our closest friends, they, and we, we know these people really well. We talk to them every day for hours. Let's let's plant church. Let's experience church together. And they, they then go and, th- okay, start working through those questions. Okay, what does worship look like if we're just playing Minecraft? Uh, tricky question. I don't, I don't know what it does, but uh, they've got to work through those. What does mission look like? Um, what, what does evangelism look like when we're kind of just playing a game? And I, I, for me, that, that is true church, isn't it? That's a community of Christians working through what does it mean to follow Christ where I am now and where they, are, where they were it was in a digital space. Uh, so that's an interesting one. There, there's a church in Exeter. I can't remember the name of it, which I'm really gutted about. But they, they, they do an interesting, which I, in my head is kind of a step in between. Um, so I think it's an interesting model between the tool and the space kind of methods of thinking. They do a, um, a church service that they kind of have. Uh, it's a big church. They do kind of 500 people come into their church for Sunday services. And they also have a team of people, a team of pastors that are in a separate room who um, like when there's kind of stuff that is specific for their geographic location that is going on, they will cut to this team who are kind of there just to talk to the camera and talk to the people online. So they'll join together with the main main hall, main bit for kind of songs and for the sermon. The rest, they jump to pastors who are sat with a computer ready to respond and interact with people and also who are just kind of embedded in that forum where they're chatting and all of that content or all of that discussion is directly created for the online community so that's that's an interesting one it's a step in between i would probably still say it's not purely based in an online space and grown in online soil so they're therefore kind of missionally how much of its missional imagination is going to be for the wider digital community and how much of its missional imagination is going to be for the community in which the, the physical church is based in. Uh, and I think that's a complicated discussion, but there's two examples and, and there's loads in the gaming world. Gaming is kind of the, the big one actually that raised some of this. There's also some, like there's a church called iChurch, I think Pam Smith, let me just grab this because it says on the, stop, on the top, uh, top where she is the church. Yeah, iChurch.org, um, since 2008, is a church that has been uh, running completely online. And um, Pam, Reverend Pam Smith, who wrote an amazing book on called Online Mission and Ministry, a theological and practical guide. I'd plug that to anyone who's interested in, in kind of this sort of thinking and um, exploring what church looks like online. Um, there's even a great chapter in that, there where she talks about the sacraments in online space and what does communion look like if you're meeting in a digital game, <laughs> which obviously it doesn't really apply for salvationists, but um, is an interesting thing. So yeah, there are some good examples out there that maybe they don't exist in the 
the mainstream churches. They are kind of a bit more on the fringe, but I think we need to look to the fringe for, for all sorts of things. There's some great stuff going on there. Yeah, I think it's really good. And I think um, one of the things, I think you mentioned it actually at the start that I really liked about sort of the way everyone went online was the extra innovation that went into sort of making that work online. And I, personally, I see we us kind of taking a step back from that as we kind of realised that church is going to be back in the real world soon. I've seen in in the sort of content I've seen, we're kind of going back towards a more natural service. I think people are getting ready to go back to normal rather than make any changes. Yeah. Okay, so my question for you all is, uh, what do we value and hope to return to when church buildings are able to reopen? I kind of hinted a little bit of that earlier about just corporate worship um, and that experience of just sharing with other people um, in worship. I, I don't think that, I think that's probably one of the only things that can't be replicated in the digital world. I, I don't think, I mean, singing at home in, in your living room isn't quite the same as being amongst 50, 60, 100, 200 um, people who, who are sharing together. So that that for me would be the main thing that just that feeling of uh, expressing yourself through through music i know you can you know, there's these elements that you can take from that definitely but i think like corporately it just feels different being in the room with someone sharing together than it does just individually all sharing at the same time if that makes sense for me i think the um the sort of the, the corporate has been the maybe more well done of as opposed to the the really the really small group stuff um i appreciate there's an irony in saying that when there's four of us talking on zoom now doing a podcast but um i felt like this i found the small group is a lot harder to be to to do well because you have to be more open and i think that's more difficult online yeah um do you mean it's like a bit more intimate when you're soul yeah yeah i think yeah if there's like six seven eight people sat around a room that you know really well that you can sort of gauge how they're feeling and their reactions a lot more easily in yeah. person um i think you can you can be a lot more i don't know i guess close is the right word i, I don't mean there to be a pun there but i think it's it's easier to be close together when you're close together that makes sense i meant that pun yeah i mean i think one of the things that um slightly almost opposes that for me is that through our um digital services um matthew and i have hosted a, a zoom fellowship where we've met with members of our church every sunday um for prayer time discussion just it's literally been as simple as like what news have you got from this week who do we want to be praying for and then a bit of an icebreaker um it's not a bible study but it is has just been about connectivity and because we've been forced to engage in this way we've actually gone much deeper through the fact that we're confronted with each other whereas you know when after a service sometimes you do that thing where you've kind of like got a cup of tea and then like one the conversation's running dry a little bit you kind of sidle off gradually and like you'll be like oh that person's calling me and then you kind of like you know inch away whereas when you're on zoom really it, it's forced us all to engage with each other in a way 
that we otherwise wouldn't have. And honestly, we've had some really, some really enormous um, life changing things through this. We've journeyed with each other's job losses. We've had illness diagnosis. We've cried together. We've laughed together. We've done all of those things. And for me, it's actually meant that the discipleship of that group of people has really flourished through this time in a way that it wasn't necessarily there before um, when we're meeting as a core. So I really hope that we manage to still maintain this sense of discipleship and fellowship. And I also hope um, that we return with the same sense of we've had a lot of people in our church contributing to our digital services they've been reading the bible for us they've been um sharing they've been doing interviews online and i really feel we've seen this sense of the priesthood of all believers in a way that we just wouldn't have on a sunday where it's kind of typically led by one person from the front and i just feel my my faith journey has been so enriched by, for example, seeing an NHS worker who's a part of our church be like, this is how I've ministered to people through the pandemic. And then she shared scripture with us. And you've got this glimpse of how people are living their lives missionally. And it's been amazing. And I, I really don't want to lose that sense of the priesthood of all believers that I think we personally in our local setting have had through the pandemic. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. I think a lot more people seem to be um, sort of getting involved and maybe it's easier because you can do things pre-recorded or for, what, for whatever reason, I think over, over lockdown, the practicalities seem to have been almost easier in some senses. Mm. Is there a way to morph that into like physical church? And I guess that if, if people find, you know, they want to contribute by reading the Bible, but they don't want to stand up in front of people and read in case they stumble over words or whatever. You know, is, is that engagement there so we can pre-record something to show within the meet that that's bringing the two together? I guess is it still involving people, but it's bringing that into into the space because we can all sit and watch the screen. Like all our churches have got big screens or mediums that you can see, you know, TV or you know whatever. So there's no reason why that can't be brought in. I guess that's kind of what I was thinking that earlier of how do we how do we merge these two so you keep that engagement like you're saying, Emily, that we keep all those good things there but also we get the benefit of all the things that we've really missed as well. Rather than just going, well, we've done with that now, let's go back to what we're doing, or, well, we don't want to do what we were doing before, so let's just keep running with this. Like, can we port them together and keep the best of both worlds? I hope so. That, that, that just screams to me flexibility when you talk about that. And like, like for the example of reading a Bible verse, if someone you ask someone if they'd like to read a Bible verse and they say, actually, I'm not comfortable getting it up in front of them, instead of just going, oh, well, that's how we do it, so you, you can't do it, we'll ask someone else. Say, okay, how can we actually, how could we do something that you are comfortable with? Like, Because we, we want you to feel involved. We, we'd love for you to contribute and uh, we want to give you opportunities to do that. Let's, let's work together to work out how we can do that in a comfortable and, yeah, in a, a good way um and like you you gave a few examples of how that could happen but yeah I, I think that flexibility would be quite cool to see i think there's a mindset shift as well i think um i was talking to a friend over the weekend um about how church has gone in lockdown as it happens um and we were saying the most successful attempts at, at doing different kinds of mission and things in lockdown have been the people who are asking how can we do this rather than why can't we do this so I think being really proactive and not just doing the easy, whatever's easiest. So if that's, like you say, getting people to contribute on a Sunday morning that maybe wouldn't be able to normally or 
you know, don't have to be a Sunday morning, whichever, whenever there is any content normally in the church is to, to say, well, how can we make this better? And then be willing to put the effort in to do that. Not just to say, oh, well, normally we do it something like this. So what's the closest thing we can do without putting any real effort in? Mm. I think we can all be guilty of being lazy in preparation for things and saying, oh, well, we normally do it. You know, we normally get someone on the morning, so we'll get someone to do it and we'll just pick someone then. Or um, it would be easy to prepare it last minute. And I'm absolutely guilty of preparing everything last minute. Um, but but maybe that's not the best way to um, promote effective mission. I, I don't know. I think, like, you're saying that, Paul, but I think that's, it kind of goes against what we were just saying. Like, if if I know you're a last-minute kind of guy, I know that I can come to you at the last minute and say, oh, do you mind doing this? Well, if it's someone who's not a last-minute kind of person, then there's a way, I think there's a way for both. I think something that we really miss out on as a church is really helping people with their strengths. We kind of see fit this box in and just try and ram everyone into this box and that's that's church that's how we do it so you're, you've got to fit into it or it's not going to work whereas really we should be building the box around the people and say oh that's what the whole idea of church is is a people and not 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 just this concept that we that we uh subscribe so so i think knowing what I know you fairly well, Paul. So I know that if you know if there was something that needed last minute, it wouldn't be a problem to to say to just to drop it on you. Whereas I think some people who are like really organised and want things weeks in advance, that'd cause like a massive amount of stress and anxiety, or wouldn't you know it just wouldn't work properly. So why? I guess that comes to knowing your people, but it also comes to with that flexibility, as we say, of being able to say, well, how how do we make this fit you? you be in the congregation rather than you come and fit this yeah i guess that that distinction there of what actually church is comes into play doesn't it? and you said actually church is you know we are the people uh like church is the community and we spent a long time just talking about the title here because the first title we had was going to be um return to church and then we thought no it's not a return to church we've been church all along and we'll continue to be church um and then, you know, do we think, was it return to church in person? And then actually, we just thought, actually, no, um, was the key piece here is, is going back to in-person services or back to the buildings in which we used to have this going on. And if we see church as a building in which a certain set of activities take place in a certain order, then we will lose our flexibility, won't we? We will try and cram people into the box that fits that 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 set and that, that understanding of church. But actually... At, reprogramming that thing to really see church what is church it's the people that are there then if the services and the building aren't aren't helping the people and aren't reaching the people and aren't serving the people then they've got to change they they are they can go yeah they're, they're expendable we, we don't really care about the buildings and the the services what we care about is the people and um yeah i think that's quite a that is quite a change especially when we've had a building and a set of services that we've done for 50 100 years that that can be a, that can be a really difficult thing to to verbalize and for people to to take it's a really interesting point aren't we in, in almost in history that and they see i work in in sales and in business and you see that businesses are having to adapt or they just they're going to die it's as simple as that it's just not going to work and that's always been the, the case with businesses it's, it's evolution it's survival of the fittest but i think there is an element of that applies to to church as well as to as in the community of believers if we want to stay as a community we have to find ways to make this make this work or to, to change and 
it's, it's almost been forced upon us, uh, as I think someone used that word earlier, we've been kind of forced into this by a pandemic, um, which obviously is not, not ideal, but there's no reason why you can't make the best out of a bad situation, is it? And if this gives us an opportunity to reassess things, I really hope and I really pray that everyone who is in church leadership is thinking about this and not just thinking of a sigh of relief and, oh, we can just go back to how we were now. Uh, instead, it's like, well, you know, asking these big questions and can we change, can we adapt, can we evolve, can we make this work for a new generation of people or, or, or the same generation of people and, and both at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. That's my prayer, really, for local leadership to be asking these kind of questions as we're facing buildings. I think it's so important. And I think actually sometimes asking these questions makes it seem as though you're an aggravator, <laughs> but you just really hope that this is actually what the leaders are asking, asking themselves and asking, um, you know, their spiritual sort of elders that they have around them. I wanted to just point out as well one thing, which I don't know how all you feel about this, but one of the things that is really valuable, whether we value it personally or not, depending on what type of person you are, is the physical touch of some people that are coming into our buildings that actually are really isolated and don't have um, like a hug through the week I'm thinking of there's a particular lady at our car who you know barely sees anybody through the week and sitting and actually just like holding her hand or just putting a hand on her things like that really I think those are things that are so valuable um that when churches reopen we absolutely should be wanting to embrace people at the right time and moment pandemic wise um because yeah there's something really spiritual about um, holding a person's hand in suffering or grief or which we all know especially after the last year when people were very ill and weren't able to be with their loved ones just yeah returning to hugs that's the title of the episode right returning to hugs yeah maybe <laughs> yeah I, I completely agree and, and I think um, it's it's not even just in a sort of a people who don't I mean I'm just a, a tactile person I think you all know that when I see you I'll, I'm pretty sure I hug all of you um and by no means does that make special <laughs> sorry sorry to, to throw that in there but um that's just that's just who I am and I've really missed being able to just even just like shake people's hands I've, I've interviewed for jobs through the pandemic and it's felt really bizarre to not be able to just to yeah. shake someone's hand but even more so when you see friends that I can't you know give them a hug or just just be yeah be, be close to people um and I, I think that will be something that i look forward to just to be more normal in that sense it's finding that space for everyone isn't it like you say like i'm, I'm the same like very kinesthetic like touchy feely so for me like a handshake particularly like you said paul i think i said this before Normally, I mean, a lot of, I meet a lot of people through work during the day, and always first thing I do is shake, shake someone's hand. Whereas I kind of make a joke out of it now and say, you know, normally I shake your hand, but you know that that's dead now. Um, but I really miss that because it's just it's a way of, for me, that's it kind of puts me at ease with the conversation. Like we've met, I've shaken your hand, right? Where we can have a conversation now. Or if I see a friend I've not seen for a long time, I'd like to, to share a hug, depending on who it is, obviously not everyone likes to be hugged. But um, when you know your audience, just being at a chair hug. I know for you, example, Paul, first thing we do normally would be a bear hug, you know, and just say, how have you been getting on? Yeah. So to take that away is, is 
it's difficult and that's that yeah that physical element but and again the other side of that is some people will really value not having that not having people like us paul pestering them for you know the people who don't like to be hugged but dare to tell us and some people will tell you and say you know i'm not okay and generally figure that out figure that out but there'll be some people who really actually enjoy that space so and, and i think that's what's we kind of all come together on is that he's making that space for for both for everyone, I guess that's what church should be, and it should should be for everyone, whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever your ideas are. Church is for you. So we've all had one of those moments, right, where we've um, gone in for a hug with someone that wasn't a hugger, and just like realised it's so <laughs> so obvious in that moment. Yeah, I've got a few of those stories, but um, they're for another time. <laughs> So my last question is, um, going on from the pandemic, obviously we've said things are, are starting to sort of move back towards some form of normality. Um, but just to finish off, what's the one thing that you would like to see change? doesn't have to be including the pandemic. Just when we go back to church, what would you like to see different than it was before? I think for me, it's, it's kind of very much linked to the title of this episode, that back to buildings question mark, and a very... I, I, if I could kind of ex, put an exclamation mark on top of the question mark, I probably would, but um, that's, that bit of punctuation doesn't exist in the English language, unfortunately. Um, and it's, yeah, just that idea of we, we've really started to grapple with this idea of we are the church just because of who we are as a people of a people that follow Jesus. We are not a church because we meet at a certain place. And I think the buildings can, as much as they are a great asset to us at some times, I think they can be the limitations of our imagination at times. And I'd love to see a church that doesn't just exist within its own four walls, but actually has the bravery to step outside of it and go go into the communities that those churches exist in and really explore that and, yeah, just really challenge the the idea that if we're doing church stuff, it's got to be in our own building where we have all the power, we have all the control, and it's very comfortable. I think I'd I'd love to see churches putting themselves out of their comfort zones and going and exploring what it what it means to exist as a people, as a church, um, in the in their communities, going exist in other spaces where perhaps we don't have all the power. Yeah, I'd like to see some more of that. Yeah, I think um, for me it would be a, an an openness to evolve, really, um, an openness just to see where where this is going to go. I think combined with what you're saying, Ed, is 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 a ch- the church, I guess, corporately across all denominations, looking at all those questions that you're asking, combined with you know what what is it that we can do to to kind of drag this forwards without losing all the things that we've spoken about that we really cherish that's re- it's a really hard question and in its own but you could, potentially you could say it was an almost an impossible question but uh, that would be just an openness to consider that i think it would be a starting point and, and i really hope that that is the case and will be the case uh, once uh, normality of some sense resumes I, I, my my answer to this question is less about um, wanting to see change. Uh, so maybe I'm not answering the question at all. I'm sorry. Um, I want to just see grace for each other in this area as well. Um, because I think we are at a time in history, 
aren't we always where we're sort of in the exchange zone of a of a relay where we're grappling with how to pass the baton and what it has looked like before and what it's going to look like and I think in that period we have to be moving um we have to be moving together but allowing for the different ways that each other is moving and and just an outpouring of grace and yes bold decision making and, and flexibility but grace between generations as well would be I think my, that's maybe my prayer rather than what sorry for not following the the question but no I think yeah. that's I think, really important yeah I think well. that answers that answers the question really well and I think for me that we just push innovation and um, really encourage people to do things differently and like you said um, doing it with grace but um, at the same time be willing to to push people and to um, encourage and, and stand up for for what we think needs to happen um, and like you say do it with grace but but also do it because I think it's easy to to also sometimes just go back to how it was or or even in the I think in the pandemic we've sometimes got stuck in the oh well this is how we're doing it now so we'll do this for a while and see what happens um whereas there's there's a lot of scope right now and a lot of potential to do something amazing and I don't want to lose that in the moment of getting back to normal I think it's really important as we like tying everything that everyone said together is is that fact that this that's not going to be for everyone this isn't going to be for everyone but that's okay I think sometimes we 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 lose that it not it's not for me so it can't it can't be all right for somebody else but whereas uh, that's what that what I think what you were saying as well Emily about that that grace to say well actually it's okay if that's not for you or it's okay if that's not for me that understanding that we we're all collective we're all aiming for the same thing it, essentially aren't we we're all we all we're all united behind this one idea but the outworkings of that are going to vary so wildly from age groups from cultures from country to country like it's, this is not just a you know a yorkshire thing or west yorkshire thing or a yorkshire thing or a uk thing it's a worldwide thing so i think really that openness to 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 be able to say that's okay if that's the, that's the way you want to do it then that's fine but also this is the way that i want to do it so that's that's going to be okay as well that interchange of just being united but not necessarily having to do it all the same way that's it. That's all I've got. Well, yeah, I think that is that is all we have time for as well. So thank you, Nick, for wrapping us up. Um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate you being here. And if you'd like to kind of feedback and share your thoughts and experiences on this, we would really love to hear them in the listener group. So please do make sure you're joined up there and we'd love to hear what you've got to say on this topic. But uh, until next time be well <laughs> or, or for anyone else just bye